Luke chapter 22, we're going to look at verses 24 through 30. Luke 22, verses 24 through 30. There was also a strife among them, talking about the disciples obviously, which of them should be accounted the greatest. Now I'm not really going to probably touch on that, or at least it's not a point in the message, but here you have some of the disciples talking about who's the man. Now, I, you know, I, I've been in discussions where, or, or at least been, been witness of discussions where, where humble people tried to tell each other, no, you're, you're the best at this. No, no, you, we all respect you as being. That's not what these guys were doing. This wasn't Peter saying to John, no, John, you're awesome. Um, this is these guys, and it doesn't say who. We sort of get the, the feeling from another place that it's James and John here, but saying, well, we all know who, who the greatest of us is. Now, understand This is within days of Christ's crucifixion. Jesus rises from the dead. He's with them 40 more days. He ascends to heaven. Ten days later is Pentecost. So this is within two months of Pentecost. Some of the disciples are fighting over who's better, who's more important. And Jesus had to do something to change their mentality. If we want God to use us, we've got to have our mentality changed from, what, from the way people at work think. There are two different men in our church that have, within the last five years, worked in Fortune 500 companies, I mean in upper-level And uh, they both have have made this statement to me, or they each have made this statement to me individually, that I can't, I can't continue in the mentality of this world where I have to keep promoting and elevating myself and tearing other people down. And one of these fellows in particular said, he said, the, high, the closer I get to the top, the more I have to neglect my Christian principles. That's sad, isn't it? He said, there, I know there's a way to excel where I'm at, but I refuse to excel by the world's rules of cutting other people down and Stabbing people in the back. Uh, Forming a team, and that team rises us all to the top. And then when that team that you form brings you to the top, it's necessary to cut everybody else loose so you can keep going higher. And he said, I I will not do that. He said, if I'm going to to rise in this this world, I'm going to be loyal. And if, if that costs me, then it costs me. I will not. And um, that's pretty amazing, but it also exposes that, you know, none of us or most of us are not at that level, but you get what I'm talking about. Office politics, company politics, and uh, even, 
you know, high school stuff, public high school stuff. But I, I went to, I went to uh, Christian high school, right out of public school. It was there in public school. I got to Christian school. I found out it was there too, of everybody just trying to one up everybody. I went to Bible college and found out it's there too. It's everywhere on this planet. And if you're going to be a servant of the Lord, you're going to have to get past this stuff of there was a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. So what follows is Jesus dealing with this issue. He said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. He's saying, you're going to work for me. You're not going to think like that. You're not going to think like that. A little Ricky Ricardo, you're not going to think like that. But anyway. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth. Is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. What a just, just, Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes. There, there's so much in there that even with all of this outline that I have, and we're gonna, I'm really going to watch the clock here, even though I can't see it. So we got to get some red letters back there. That would, that would help all of you. That say what, 641? Is that what I'm seeing? 643? Oh, you're in big trouble. Um, but no, we're going we're gonna to work to keep it short here. But um, even with everything that I've prepared, I still feel like I haven't scratched the surface of that. But let's, let's pray and we'll jump into it. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the privilege of serving you. Lord, we want to be the best we can be. I want everybody in this room to appear at the judgment seat of Christ, confident, humbly confident, but confident in the Lord that they have reason to expect to hear you say, well done. Lord, I pray that you would help us to learn more about how to get there, please. Bless our time in your word. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So one thing is clear. Jesus is contrasting human leadership philosophies with his principles with the principles that he wants his leaders to follow. The message this morning, the text this morning, your thoughts are not my thoughts. We have got to come to the realization, people, that our line of thinking is different than God's. And the things that seem most reasonable and logical to us do not line up with God by nature. And the very that this is an example of that. Jesus is telling them, listen, you have a concept of human leadership, a big shot sitting on a throne. And he said, you shall not be so. So what he's teaching here is a contrast of the leadership philosophies of this world with the principles that he wants his leaders to follow. 
Verse number 27, I want you to notice what he says. I love this at the end of the verse. We'll read the whole verse. Whether is greater he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat. I am among you as he that serveth. Now, here's the thing. If Jesus is going to keep credibility, he could not have said that if it weren't true. Now, I know Jesus didn't say anything that wasn't true, but I'm talking about on a level of if he, if he expects his disciples to believe him, he could not have made an inaccurate statement or they would have gone, that's not true. But he said, look, I want you to picture big shots at a, at a banquet and the people who quietly serve them. The people that quietly serve them, listen, they're beneath waiters. Our concept of waiters, people that get paid, people that if they got mad enough could say, I quit and walk off the job in our, in our economy. The servants that served a banquet in that economy, they couldn't do that. They could be put to death. They could be put in prison if they just said, I quit and work, walk, walked off the job. These are, these are people that are, are not even, they're viewed as a different class of people. I mean, you go to, you go to Applebee's, all right, and the waiter is there. And, oh, I got a better one, all right? You go to Chick-fil-A, all right? And there's a, guy, there's a guy clearing tables. And you might go that very night and see that same guy that was serving tables at Chick-fil-A. You go to Outback that night, and that same guy's sitting down, and he's being served at, at Outback. Uh, that wasn't going to happen in this, in this economy. The guys at the table were always going to be the guys at the table, and the guys serving them were always going to be the guys serving them. And the disciples got that. And Jesus said, the rulers of this world, the Caesars, the Herods, they're the guys at the table. And I believe Jesus is saying, up to now, you have pictured yourself as someday sitting at that table. But I want you to notice, Jesus says, that I have been among you as he that serveth. I've been a waiter. And he could not have painted that picture if it weren't accurate because he would have blown his credibility. So if you want to know how Jesus acted among his disciples, he acted as somebody who was in a lower class than they were. All right, I am among you as he that serveth, serveth. You and I will not be useful to God until we understand the principles of being a servant of Jesus, until we understand what Jesus requires of his leaders. Let's look again at verses 25 and 26. He said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over the Gentiles. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. In other words, the leaders are the recipients of the good. The leaders are the ones who benefit. But ye shall not 
be so. Jesus is telling his disciples that you are not ready to work for me until you think polar opposite of the world's leadership philosophy. So what I want to do to help us understand and to help to actually to help the disciples understand the contrast, Jesus gave them that picture of a of a of a banquet table of people being fed at a feast. Can you picture that people eating a feast and another class of people that are serving them. And that's the picture that Jesus paints. Now, it's a little harder for us to understand the picture because, again, as, as I said, we're used to, well, I mean, I'm going to go to the restaurant. The waiter, I mean, you know, he's the same kind of guy as I am. He's no different than me. These people... The waiter was in a different social, the servant was in a different social class than the people being served. So try to focus on that as we look at this picture. But look at the picture of people sitting at a banquet table being served, being served, and servants whose job it is to serve them. Those servants don't wear a name tag. Those servants probably don't even get spoken to unless it's a reprimand. Those servants, their presence probably isn't even acknowledged. Why? Because they don't matter in the eyes of the people being served. So understand this. I want to show you, based on this picture, I want to make some observations and you can make them with me. Of the difference between human leaders, the people at the table, kings. And what Jesus said are, he said, my leaders. The servants, the people serving them. Okay? The human leaders, the people at the table, they show up if they choose to. But Jesus said, my leaders show up every time. If the guys at the table don't want to come, they don't have to come. Who's going to yell at them? They're they're there to receive. But the guys doing the serving, they got to be there every time or they could be in jail. By the way, many servants in that culture were servants because they owed a debt. And they were working to pay off that debt. You're going to be a bond servant for seven years, and and that debt's going to be paid off, and then you can go free. So the alternative to paying off your debt was to go to prison. So they had to be there. They couldn't not come if they didn't feel like it. And Jesus said, first of all, fellas, get this picture. It may be optional... You know, we get this picture of a a guy that gets so powerful in this world that I'm not trying to be unkind, maybe a little bit I am. He can go and play golf when there's world crises. And I do think it's deplorable that our president was at a baseball game with a notorious dictator 
while people were suffering tragedy. That's exactly that. He, he sits at the table. I, I don't have to. I don't you know. This is optional for me, whether I want to come to this. But it's not optional for the servants. And if you want to be a servant of the Lord, if you want to lead for the Lord, then you've got to decide that it is never optional. Serving the Lord is never optional. Another difference between the guys at the table and the leaders of Jesus serving them. The guys at the table show up when they want. But the guys serving them have to, have to show up before things start. I praise the Lord I learned this concept in college. I had never heard this before. But a teacher said this, I want you to understand that if you are leading a group or you're a part, if you're a part of a group, I'm pretty, actually, you know where this happened? <laughs> this was Brother Ray in a meeting, and I wasn't late that day. Uh, my memory is, is restoring. Um, a guy shows up five minutes late for a meeting at a very important organizational meeting, and because he's an important part of the organization, we have to review what we already did in the first five minutes. We have to re-hand out those papers that we already handed out. And Brother Ray made this, made this statement. There's 50 people here. You came in five minutes late and made us have to redo what we did in the first five minutes. So you wasted, you didn't just waste your five minutes, you wasted five minutes times 50, however many minutes that is. You wasted several hours of time because you weren't disciplined enough and you didn't care enough to be on time like everybody else in this room was on time. We understand that the servant, listen, the guys at the table, the big shots at the table, they can show up when they want to. But who, who cleans off the table? The servants. How are they going to do that? They're going to show up early. Who puts the fresh linens down? The servants. Well, how are they going to do that? How is a servant going to put fresh linens down if the guests are already there? Who sets the table? Who puts the plates and the silverware and the glasses and the napkin? Who, who, who puts them down? The servants. How are they going to do that? They're going to do that by being there before the guests get there. And I ask you, how long are they going to continue to be servants if they continue to show up after the guests show up? They're going to, they're going to jail. Because they've been negligent. And I ask you, how long? Now, look, okay, this may differ. You say, yeah, but at work, we got a grace period. That's, that's work. That's, that's the Gentiles, kings of the Gentiles. They're doing their thing. We're servants of Jesus Christ. Shame on us. And if you did this today, I don't know about it. I, probably, I don't know of anybody doing this today. I just know that, that this shouldn't be done ever. Shame on us. If one boy or girl or teenager or adult ever walks into our Sunday school class before we've arrived on the property. 
Shame on us. We're the servants. And we should be setting that table before they get here. And if you're too important to do that, you're not a servant of the Lord. And listen, I'm not going to fire you. God is. Human leaders expect things to happen for them. Jesus said, my leaders, they make things happen. Let's not be in this mindset, well, when I get more power, I'll tell you to do this and 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 I'll waltz in when I want to and put on my show. No. No, if, if God is going to use you, hey, I don't mind at all that if, that I, I want to be the first one here. I want to be the one that unlocks the door. I want to, if, if you get to turn the lights on before I do, that, that makes, that, that, that motivates me to come even earlier next time. You know, in the, in the wintertime, there'll be some dusting of snow, you know, you know what I mean, like, like half an inch. Enough that the plow guy didn't have to come, but enough that one of you walking down that sidewalk could easily slip and fall. So I'm the first one here. I'm going to grab a bro. I'm not going to say, well, Brother Rob will be here in a few minutes. He'll do that. Now, if, if he got here, he would do that, and I appreciate that. But I'm here, so I'm grabbing the broom. And that's in me, and it's not going anywhere. I don't see myself, if I live to be 75 years old, ever saying, well, I'll let somebody else do that, and I'll come in, and, and I'll put on the show. That just isn't who I am. And I have a feeling when it ceases to be who I am, or if it ever, I'm sorry, if that ever becomes who I am, that I'm not going to be qualified to preach anymore. Human leadership gives orders. The guys at the table, uh, more bread! Uh, need more drink over here! They, human leadership gives orders. Jesus said, my leaders are the servants. That means they follow rules, structure, procedure, meetings, organization. Now look, I don't, I don't like a, a militant atmosphere. I don't like a, uh, you know, a, a clipboard checklist atmosphere. And if people are working for the Lord, we're going to fix minor problems later. We're going we're gonna to work together. We're going to make things happen. But the servant has got to have structure. And if I buck against structure, I am not qualified to be one of the Lord's servants. Well, all this, all this, uh, you know, the people who have complaints against the program are the people who also buck the structure. It happened this morning. Somebody came and had a complaint. Ah! How come we don't do such and such? I said, we did it this morning in Sunday school. Oh. But, of course, he wasn't there, so he didn't know. Uh, structure, procedure, organization. Not militant. I'm not talking about, you know, ah, you didn't do that right. Ah, come on, soldier. You know, make that bed. Now, it's not like that. You know it's not like that. But you can come to a teacher's meeting, and you do. I'm not, I'm not hollering at anybody. We're not, we're not fixing anything here. I'm just telling you why it's important. 
And why we have to continue to do that if we want to be the ones that serve the table instead of being the big shot that sits at the table. The guys at the table are big shots. God's leaders, Jesus' leaders are nobodies. By the way, can I say this? And, and this, is, this is indicting my profession. Ministry big shots wind up selling used cars. I mean, that's what, I've, that's what I've witnessed myself. Here's what we've witnessed. Ministry big shots wind up in prison. We need to be nobodies. And we need to be content with being nobodies. I've got it written inside my Bible. got it written inside several of my Bibles. And, and if I, any Bible I don't, it's because I haven't gotten, gotten to it yet. Lord, make me a nobody in my own heart so that you can be everything. You see... Every one of us in our hearts, we, we, we have this thing where we want to be somebody. And Jesus says, if that's you, you're at the table being served, but you're not qualified to be one of my leaders. Human leaders, the guys at the table, they seek to be obeyed. Now listen carefully. Jesus leaders, they don't seek to be obeyed. They seek to be Trusted. And I, I hope you'll understand this. There's a couple of points tied together here. I want you to get this. We as servants of Jesus Christ ought to desire to be trusted, to earn people's trust. All right, let me, you say, I don't agree with that statement. Let me prove that it's true right here. How many of you ever worked, have ever in your life, have ever worked for a boss that you did not fully trust? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because you didn't work for him because you trusted him. You worked for him because you got a paycheck from him every week. <laughs> the fact that bosses are not trusted is why we have labor unions. Okay, so. Bunch of you, just about everybody raise your hand. Yeah, I've worked for bosses I didn't fully trust. How many of you would have a servant working, living in your home if you didn't trust him? I don't see a hand. See, a boss doesn't have to be trusted. A servant has to be trusted. And Jesus said, you're not the big shots at the table. You're the nobodies who are serving other people. And you have to be trusted. It, you ought to value earning people's trust. Here's what I live with every single day. And I count it an honor to live with this. And I take it to the Lord in prayer every single day. If I forfeit your trust, I lose the opportunity to serve you. You're not going to listen to what thing I say anymore if I forfeit your trust. Now, there's a difference between making. I've made mistakes. You know I make mistakes. You know I'm, I'm human and I'm imperfect. But there's a difference between that and, you know, you, you find out that I've committed some horrible sin or some horrible crime. I forfeit your trust. It ought, to be, it ought to be important to every one of us to earn people's trust. Do you know why, if we're going to continue to build the bus ministry, it's going to happen because 
every worker in our Sunday school and every worker on the bus earns people's trust. You let there be one report of a child being hurt, mistreated, you, you wouldn't believe how quickly we lose the trust of an entire community. You let there be one report in the, even, even an accident, whether it was our fault or not, goes in the news times and people will run from bus workers when they visit. We've got to earn and keep earning people's trust. But big shots don't understand that because they, they just, they, they want to be obeyed. They don't even think about being trusted. There's a fellow, oh, this happened five years ago. Um, he was one of the big shot people. And he, not, not in our church, but he was, he, he was extremely territorial and he, he, he had an issue. So because he was, I'm talking about with me, because he was so territorial, I just avoided places where I knew he went. But a preacher finally asked me, say, hey, would you come to my meeting? So I went to his meeting, and I, I tried to stay away from the other guy because that, I'm saying that guy always went to that preacher's meeting. So I sort of snuck in and snuck out right as the amen was said to, for my friend who was the pastor of the church. I thought I had, had succeeded. I got out to the parking lot. And uh, this guy comes running up behind me. Hey! And I'm, you know, heads turning in the parking lot. What was going on here? Hey! I said, what? He goes, what's your problem with me? And I said, very, very quietly. I said, oh, let, me, let me back it up. He, he put this in his, what's your problem with me? I love you! <laughs> I said, um... I said very quietly, I said, my problem is that I don't trust you. And I kept walking. Now, if somebody that I loved told me that they didn't trust me, my primary response would be, wait a minute. What have I done? His response was, that's not Christian. (laughs) Okay, It's not Christian to not trust you. Okay. He didn't even want to know why I didn't trust him. To this day, he's not made any effort whatsoever to earn my trust. And that's fine. That's, that's his business. It's not my business. It's his business. But it shocked me that he didn't care that he's not trusted. We are servants of the Lord. We ought to desire to earn people's trust. The guys at the table, they make everything about themselves. It's the average politician. It's got to be the biggest mouth in the room. I won't mention any names, but the guys serving, Jesus leaders, they make everything about their master. They don't need attention. They need the master's approval. Now, these last, these are, these are, we're, we're winding down here. The guys at the table seek power. The servants of the Lord, the Jesus leaders, They seek influence. Influence, what do you mean? They seek the opportunity to keep on putting food in front of the people at the table. Why? Because that's what pleases the master. 
and they're driven to please the master. So let's tie these last couple together. <laughs> I'm a servant. I'm carrying out a, a plate of, of uh, fries. And I look down, and I go, man, those fries look good. <laughs> He's not going to miss just one. And so I take one fry and throw it in my mouth, and the guy at the table sees me. Guess what? He doesn't trust me. <laughs> and he, I lost his trust. Hey, he doesn't yell at me. He says to the guy in charge of the bag, I did that guy right there. I just he, he just he sampled my fries. And guess what I've done? I've lost the opportunity to serve the people at the table because I displeased the master. That's why I'm striving to earn their trust because I want the opportunity to influence them for the master. Do you understand that? You get to teach that Sunday school class. And, you, and God builds your class. And God sends you first-time visitors. And God's helping you see people saved. Because you've earned their trust. That's the opportunity, the greatest opportunity in the world, the opportunity to influence people for Jesus Christ. The guys at the table, they stay where they're comfortable. The servants, they stay where the masters need them to be, or where the master needs them to be. Let me, let me say this. Uh, let's make sure on Sunday morning that we're, where we're supposed to be, we're, we're in the middle of the action. I saw a, just a tremendous picture of this this morning. I was, um, the, the, the bus was late, by the way, that's, I mean, that's a part of growth and that's not who that's not brother Zach's character it's just it's where we are we're going to get past that so have patience with the bus everything's good with that um but it was running late brother Zach tech texted me said we're just running late and hey I'm all good with that so but I had a chance that I don't usually get I went up to the house and just saw what they do up there I go up to the house and I came up the walk and there was a man there to open the door Adam was there to open the door I walked in, I sat down, I'm just sitting chatting with, with uh, Amy and Adam and Brian up there. And Adam goes over to the window, and he's just standing there. He's standing there, why? Because he's waiting for the bus to come. Why? So he can go stand at the door, waiting to serve. Now, I'm telling you, there's a man who knows there's a job to be done, and he's waiting to do it. And when the roof of the bus cleared the parking lot of the Catholic Church, he made a beeline from the window to the door. Why? Because people were coming. He was going to be there to open it. Let's make sure that we don't get into this thing of, of hanging out when we're supposed to be serving. You ever, you ever go to a restaurant and, uh, you know, you need service and you see there's some people in uniforms over. They're outside smoking. And there's a line here. And nobody's here. to, And you're, you're like... Or, <laughs> I tell you, I loved Bertucci's, but I'll tell you why they went down is because we, 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 we'd go in there. We waited one time, I'm not kidding you, half an hour for a waiter just to come and see if everything was okay. We already got our food. We just needed a couple of things. We had guests. We waited half an hour. We even called people over and said, can you go get our waiter? I don't know where he was. If he had a girlfriend back there somewhere, but we... Uh, 
drives her crazy, doesn't it? Let's not do that to the people in our, in, in, that, we're, that we're serving. We're servants of the Lord. Let's be here early. Let's be here every time. And let's be not where we're comfortable, but where they need us to be. Let me say this. And I've been in all kinds of churches. I've been in hundreds of churches in my lifetime. And the churches that are servants of the Lord, the people understand the action is inside the auditorium. It's, it's not, now there's people, I mean, Natalie's job is to be a greeter out there. That's her job. But, but just to be wandering around when, you're, when we're supposed to be in here, you don't have the mind of a servant of the Lord. I think I'll just go out to my car and see what's you know, going on out there. Ain't nobody going to get help when you're out at your car. People at the table... They're tied to their own cause. They have their own agenda. The people serving them, they're tied to Christ's cause. People at the table, they want to rise to the top. Okay, let me show you, by the way, there's a verse. So I'll show you two verses. We'll be finished. Tied to his own agenda. Look at verse number 28. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. In other words, Jesus said, now, hey, you guys, instead of arguing about who's, who's the man... I want you to understand, you have all stayed with me during the tough times. That's temptations there. That's the temptation. That's the trials of James we've been talking about. You have stayed with me during the tough times. What's he saying? You are in this thing. You are, you are part of the cause here. So Jesus is telling you, servants are part of the cause. Listen, big shots at the table have their own cause. If the cause of God's church doesn't matter to you you are not a servant of the lord you're not one of jesus leaders now i'm preaching to the choir because people who are not tied to the cause don't come to church on sunday night so i'm simply saying keep that mindset the cause of the church the cause and and if you ever get to the place where you say the cause of our church is not the cause of jesus christ then you need to change churches but I think if you have a sincere heart, you know Christ's cause is being accomplished here. That's our focus here. Then make the cause of the church your cause. Last one. The guys at the table, they want to rise to the top. The guys serving, servants of Jesus, want to have the influence that the master wants them to have. Look at verses 29 and 30. Jesus said, I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father hath appointed to me. And here's something I, I didn't notice until I actually studied the text for the, uh, the message tonight. That ye may eat and drink at my table. Same picture with the table. What's he saying? He's saying, when the time comes, and I'll decide when the time comes, you'll be at the table. It'll be the table of my choosing. And you will have learned what it means to be a part of my kingdom. Isn't that fantastic? He's saying, forget about being the big shot. Listen, forget about rising to the top in this world's economy. For a disciple needs to let go of your earthly ambition. And let Jesus decide what table he wants you to sit at and when. How are you going to get there? By just keep on serving like, this, like 
we described a servant tonight. By Pentecost, somehow within two months, by Pentecost, they had figured it out. It had a lot to do with everything they learned at the cross and everything they learned at the empty tomb, everything they learned during those 40 days. And I think it had a lot to do with those 10 days in the upper room of, hey, when Jesus ascended, they were still trying to figure out how they were going to take over and beat the Romans and take over the take. They were still saying, is, is it time for your kingdom? They still had some more figuring out to do. For 10 days, they tarried in Jerusalem. And I'd love to have been in on some of that conversation. You know what? I think, fellas, I think we've had it all wrong all this time. It's, it's, not, about, it's not about the kingdom of this world. And they did figure it out because every one of them except for one laid down their life for the faith. John, Jesus chose John to not suffer martyrdom because he had a special work for him to do through the Isle of Patmos. I'm saying to you folks, if we really want the Lord to use us, we've got to find a different way of thinking. We've got to find the way of thinking that Jesus taught. And to understand that picture, the big shots... The egomaniacs, the kings, the Caesars, the Herods, they're at the table. Let them do their thing. We're not them. We don't want to be them. We're the servants, the nobodies. And we are wrapped up in the cause of the master. And if we can let that picture sink in, we just might figure out what it means to be a Jesus leader. Father, I pray that you'd help us, please.